This is episode 295 for April 2014. So why am I playing the Odd Couple theme? Well, randomly in this episode, George and I started talking about Felix and Oscar, a.k.a. Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon, and who is who. Well, listen for it in the episode. It's a lot of fun. It's a little tangent. But you decide which one is Oscar, which one is Felix. On with the show. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to our April edition of the show. We're going to start with some spider satellites with my buddy George. How many books we got, George? I've got two. We've got uh, six. Six altogether. Let's go over the issues that we're going to talk about. We've got <laughs> Superior Team-Up uh, number 11, Superior Annual number 2. I'll do, you'll do the Team-Up. Superior Foes of Spider-Man number 9 and 10, you've got that one. I've got Thunderbolts 23, and you've got a new Craptastic Warriors number 3. <laughs> that's, that's a great uh, analogy of what that book is. All right. Uh, starting with team-up number 11, this one was really good, George. I like this one. Yeah, I like this one, too. Uh, I actually wound up reading this twice. Um, oh, cool. And for, for anyone who's not reading... Uh, uh, superior team up. This you need. You should at least pick up number eleven and I guess number twelve. I guess this is a two parter, um, right. because it's got pencils in there by the awesome Ron Friends. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, boy, if there's anyone who knows action, it's Ron Friends. Yep. And our pal Sal. Sal Buscema, our buddy. Yes. Our pal Sal. Yes. Our pal Sal does the inks, and it, it is a to, just to see the the flashback. And you know of the story itself concerns a, a uh, oh a, a what's the best for, what's the best way to, to put this a Norman Osborn that the world thinks is dead right um, meeting Doctor Octopus evidently this took place in the what twenty year gap from Amazing one twenty two to what four hundred ish right and although I don't think he took came that back. long because at one point he, he refers to Otto as Gilbert Gottfried so I don't I, I, I think they <laughs> want us to think that it you know was much you know but as JR has pointed out in the past Osborne and Ock really haven't met up they have not I mean yeah. they have they have never really worked or, or been part of the same circles and I, I you know that's that's interesting because you look at other villains and or uh, other heroes and their villains, and a lot of their greatest villains have teamed up to to, to go against them before. And this is Spider-Man's number one and number two. It's debatable who's the number one. You know, I don't... I, I think you still have to give it to Norman. I mean, look at the things Norman yeah. has done. I mean, Norman... Oh, I'll, I'll give it to Norman also. I agree. Norman's killed the girlfriend. Uh, yeah. Doc Ock killed the girlfriend's father, who was actually the you know the first ally Spidey had on the police department. Um, you know, who is someone he liked very much. Um, so they've each hit him on very personal levels at different time. I, but I think Norman's has to be more, more personal. Yeah. And uh, anyway, uh, let's, let's, we'll get to the actual issue. Okay. Actually, I, I'm kind of interested to hear what Jr. thought about this. Is the same way. I am too. I am too. We're not doing this. We can ask him real quick to, when we do the uh, yeah. other thing. He did. He did read it. I texted him after I read this. I'm like, you got to pick this up yeah. because. Uh, it deals with Norman's wife a little bit. We hear a little bit about that. You don't often hear. You about hear Norman. about Norman's uh, wife, and then you also hear about Otto. There's some new stuff on Otto's uh, hmm. and Otto's love life that uh, Kevin Chinnick uh, works in there. Yeah. So, but yeah, Doctor Octopus uh, gets uh, gets summoned to Europe uh, to visit uh, Norman Osborn, who up until then he believed was dead. 
you get a really good uh, scene there of, of uh, Octopus being walked down the hall by Norman's butler. Uh, and he's looking at all the masks and everything that Norman's collected. And he sees a giant portrait that Norman's had done of himself, which feeds into, you know, Norman's <laughs> narcissism. Um, yeah. So they initially meet, you know, and it's it, it's typical villain meets villain. There's a crack of lightning out a window, you know, and, you know, rather than say, hey, it's nice to meet the other, uh, you know, the other arch nemesis of, uh, of our <laughs> shared uh, foe. No, instead of that, it's, you know, in the mighty Marvel manner, it's let's just fight right now. <laughs> this is dong. Yes, this is what villains do by way of measuring dongs. <laughs> you know, you know. You know, as I'm looking at the issue now, it, make, it makes me think this may have happened in the 90s because Doc Ock is wearing that white jumpsuit, you know, that white uh, coat that he often wore, like when uh, he brought the Sinister Six back in the Eric Larson run. Yeah, and a very stylish rain slicker, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, but no, I mean, he and Norman, yeah, they, they have a quick uh, face-off, and just as soon as it starts, it's over. But yeah. it's so great to see Ron Friends drawing this. Mm-hmm. I mean this this yeah. this artwork, every bit of the action in here, and every bit of the emotion and and you know what we're what we're getting, you know from the faces, you know the different facial looks and the snarls and you know the posturing, yeah. everything's just perfect. Mm-hmm. Everything in here is just perfect, and um, you know, especially for longtime fans like me and you. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, and especially if you love uh, you know like Ron Friends and Sal Buscema. Yeah, and. It's funny they're 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 deciding well you know maybe we need to to, to team up and go against Spider-Man here uh, maybe you know between the two of us we can finally bring an end to this. Doctor Octopus is wanting to go about it in a completely different manner than Norman is. Norman is like scorched earth. Let's just let's just you know <laughs> flatten everything and you know Octopus is more we need to do it subtly through superior science. Yeah. You know and and Norman of course doesn't like it when people disagree with him, and he's like, well, you know, no, we need to do it the way I said it, fatso. <laughs> um, there's a lot of Norman just losing it and the two of them fighting. He's very, he's actually yeah. quite abusive to Otto, but then it's like something in the back of his mind will always kind of shut it off, and he's like, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Forgive me for trying to kill you just now. But they, <laughs> they start working together. They actually – it's they they become you know kind of friends in a sick sort of way. Yeah, there's like a double page where they're it's like the like cue the the friendship music because we're building a uh, gliders with arms on them and stuff like that. Yeah, and they're laughing at reading in the paper about how uh, Smythe is sending the the spider slayers out uh, after him. I like the uh, the monitor where Ock is like building something and, and discovers. Uh, Spider-Man's fighting Carnage probably for the first time or something. Yeah, that's another thing that kind of ties into the yeah. 90s. Unless yeah. they've just been a decade together, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it it seems like it's like it's a, a fruitful or going to be a fruitful pairing, but there's no way. I mean, these two cats are just too different. You know, I think while showcasing exactly, you know, the, a story about what happens when they meet the first time, and I'm glad this is actually a story that's being told and that it's being taken seriously and being told well. Yeah, not I just agree. being crammed into the back of something, you know, as filler in a in a you know seven dollar issue. Mm-hmm. Um, they're actually taking time and and building it up, and uh, the the back and forth, uh, Shinnick's back and forth between Norman and Otto is, is really natural, and it works really well. 
Yep. Definitely diff- two different voices. Yeah, and they, yeah. they, you know, he does a great job uh, with Norman's, you know, lunacy. You know, yeah. um, to the point where, you know, at the end of the issue, Norman thinks he has to prove to Ock, you know, you can't, you know, you can't really beat the odds. You can't be superior unless you've, you know, faced horrible loss. So, oh, hey, I've just put your former fiance, <laughs> uh, I've just injected a deadly virus into her. Yeah, you, know, you can thank me later. <laughs> you know, and the look on uh, Ock's face is awesome. Yeah. I like the line in there. Uh, where Ock is thinking to himself about how Norman was right. The Sinister Six were more like second-rate henchmen, my minions, if you will. But now I have an equal, someone I felt was worthy of my time and intellect, and it felt right. These guys are bromance. Oh, it is. It's a total bromance. (laughs) It is a total bromance. Uh, Yep. Which is funny because at one point they're even playing chess, which is something that uh, Otto does as superior when when he – when he uh, faces off against whoever it is that the Green Goblin is right now over right. in Superior. So, yeah, this was a great issue. And I, 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 for me, this was probably the best of the month. Um, you know, I mean, Superior is always good. Well, right. but, but this one team, – Team up, yeah. This one was really good, and I can't, I can't recommend it highly enough. This one gets a, a, a plus. Gets an A out of me also. Um, the next issue, I think, is the last of the series. I think. Number 12. Well, that'd be a good way to wrap it up. Yeah, you know? it was really good. A out of me. All right. Let's see. What issue are we doing now? We're going to do Superior Annual, number two, because we had to get an annual out before this title wraps up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because uh, we just had one just a minute ago. Yeah. Not l- less than six months, I would say. I actually like this one better. Yeah, it's, this one was good. I don't even remember what the first one Refresh me what the first one was about. I don't remember. It's just it's. Well, there you go. That's why this one's better. <laughs> it, it wasn't really. This one sticks out in my head. The other one didn't. How about yeah. that? Uh, writer Christos Gage, uh, two pencilers Javier Rodriguez and Felipe Briones. I hope I didn't butcher them too bad. Basically, the Superior Spider-Man Annual should be called the Superior Ben Urich, this is because Ben Urich takes up a lot of the story of this, if not three-fourths of the story. Uh, he's writing a report, and he's distracted on his computer when he sees an interview with Nora Winters, who's on a show kind of like uh, Maury Povich, and she just wrote a book called Goblin in My Bed. Because, you know, we've all had a few of those, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> anyway, this is uh, happening uh, coherently to what's happening in the main book, Superior Spider-Man, where Mary Jane and her firefighter boyfriend are uh, rounding up everybody Spider-Man cares about. So she gives Ben Yurik a call, hey, say, and he says, uh, and she says, hey, Ben, uh, you know, we're kind of gathering people up like uh, Kermit did in the Muppet movie. And uh, we're going to go to Hollywood and get to hang out. And we're going to go meet Orson Welles and make a movie. We're, exactly. We just got the Studebaker, which is a bear's natural habitat. Uh, <laughs> Coming soon, anyway, Brad Douglas' yeah. Muppet podcast. The Muppet Smash Space, yes, with the Hulk show. Okay. Anyway, uh, Ben Yurick, I mean, Phil, uh, no, wait a minute. Ben Yurick is the older one. Ben, I get my Yurick's. What, what's the guy that used to be on Vegas? Robert Yurick. Robert Urich, not that one either. <laughs> oh, mighty Brad. I don't think he's related. No, Robert Urich is not related to Phil or Ben. Anyway, Ben Urich says, you know what, Mary Jane, I'm okay. I've got a guardian goblin evidently hanging over my shoulder. And uh, the uh, Phil Urich, who is the goblin that was the hobgoblin. I don't. What's his current goblin name? I'm not even sure what. I think he's the goblin said. knight now or something. The goblin knight. The goblin knight uh, says to... 
to Ben, you know what? I got your back. You may have heard a few things, but I'm going to protect you. And he heads off into the sunset. And so uh, Ben is extra guiltful of what happened to his nephew. Is that right? Ne- is that the lineage? The nephew, Phil? Yeah, Phil's Ben's nephew. Okay. Okay. And he was like, you know what? I've been working on this goblin story for a long time with Norman, etc. I pretty much found an analysis of what the goblin formula consists of. I'm going to head over to Parker Industries and find out if we can make this into a cure to cure all these goblins, including my nephew. So he goes to Parker Industries, and uh, what's her name? Uh, the gal that is the scientist. Ah, I can't ever think of her name. It's uh, I wrote it down here in the notes somewhere. Oh, um, the one at Parker uh, Industries? Yeah, San, 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 Sanjay, San, isn't it? San, San, San Johnny, I think. Yeah. Anyway, she was like, well, Peter Parker's dead, and uh, Ben's like, oh, whatever, you know, this is comics. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> no, don't worry, I, give me five minutes, he'll get better. Yeah, give me five minutes. Cap got better, Bucky got better, yeah. where's Peter? He'll be back <laughs> soon, please. Anyway, uh, he was like, I need Peter's help to make this formula. So in the meantime, he spots Carly Cooper, a.k.a. Goblin Bitch, over in the corner going batshit crazy. Uh and uh, Phil, uh, I, I guess, uh, let's see. Let me go back to notes because I was going off, off script, if you will. Do you so, need a teleprompter uh, like Obama? Uh, yeah. <laughs> we, need to, we need to have a teleprompter so you can read it like you do on TV. Uh, 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 let's see. Anyway, he uh, was like, well, you know what? Let's get the cure. I need to lure Phil so I can stab him with this uh Test this untested goblin gook. So he gets uh, 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 Phil into an undisclosed apartment. I don't know what apartment it is. But anyway, it's, I guess the black cat's pretty love to it at one point. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, Phil busts in there thinking he's going to get Nora Winters, who wrote the tell-all book, Goblin in My Bed. Because, you know, if you go to – I wonder if you go to Amazon if Goblin in My Bed is a book. Pretty sure it's L- not since it's L- listeners of the podcast. Go to Amazon to find out and give me a commission. No one's going to do that. <laughs> yeah, they will. Anyway, uh, Ben and uh, Phil uh, yell at each other, and more have goblin minions come in, and they have Robbie Robertson, who was kind of following Ben as he was looking for Phil, and Robbie is beat up pretty bad. And it just so happens the superior Spider-Man busts through the window because his Spider-Bots spotted Ben or something like that. I don't really know how Spider-Man found Phil, but you know, comics. It's comics. It's comics. So, Spider- a Phil Finder. <laughs> a PF, if you will. Uh, <laughs> so Spider-Man, who is the na- who is the headliner of this book, it's called the Spirit Spider-Man. He's in the book for about two or three pages. And he fights Phil Urich and uh, etc. And Ben says, you know, I need Robbie's in real bad shape. I need your help. Please take him to the hospital. And just like the burglar that ran past him, he lets... Um, the Goblin Knight, go away for Just you. call him Phil. Phil. We're going to call him Phil. I'm getting my Yurks confused. Just call him Phil and, and Ben, yeah. 
Anyway, that's what happens. And uh, Phil goes back to – Ben goes back – damn it, did it again. Ben goes back to his laptop computer that he started the issue with, and he was like, you know what? I don't have any family left. I'm going to be the best reporter I can because I owe it to the guy, my nephew named Phil, to, to find out the truth of this goblin conspiracy, etc. End of backup number one. Now we go into someone else I really don't give two shits about, uh, the Wraith. She also busts into Parker Industries. Literally, because every time they draw her, she's very top-heavy. <laughs> she's quickly one of my new favorite characters of the Marvel Universe because she's a busty Asian chick. Well, there you go. Anyway, there, <laughs> she doesn't do it for me, my friend, but uh, she uh, takes out the living robot with uh, who offers her a nice cold beverage. Uh, and uh, she's looking for Peter Parker and Carly Cooper, etc., and she finds Goblin Bitch, and she fights Goblin Bitch unbeknownst that uh, this Goblin Bitch is really Carly. So, in the meantime, Sajani, I think that's how you say her name, uh, stabs Carly Cooper with the untested Goblin Cure for And unfortunately does not kill her. Does not kill her. But she reverts back to her human form, and at the end of this issue, we don't know if Carly Cooper is going to live or die. What's your vote, George? What would you like to have happen? <clears throat> what do I think will happen, or what would I like to happen? Because uh, I know they're both separate answers. Yes, they're very, <laughs> very different answers. Yeah. Uh, no, unfortunately, she's not going to die. If, uh, if God loved me a little more, um, <laughs> yeah, she would, she would be toast. She would have been toast a long time ago. I would give the issue a B, the pros for it. Uh, I like the art on both stories. There were two different artists. I like that. Uh, they didn't distract from the storytelling. Uh, I like the humanization of Ben Urick and his struggle with his nephew. My cons, uh, the, uh, there wasn't much Spider-Man in it, uh, but the fact that Ben was humanized so well made up for that a bit. Also, Spider-Man let the villain go. We learned from Amazing Fantasy 15, you don't let the villain go, bad shit happens. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Your turn. It, what do you Well, it made me think that, um, yeah. or it made me remarvel as we're about to have another Spider-Man movie come out. That we've actually seen Ben Urich on screen, and it wasn't in a Spidey movie. Was ben Ur- has Ben Urich been on screen? He was in Daredevil. He was played by Joey Pants. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, Joey Pants. Joey Pants. From the uh, Matrix movies and also the Goonies. Joe Pantaleono, for, yes. for those of you who are wondering who Joey Pants is. Among, yes. Amongst his act, acting uh, friends, they call him Joey Pants. Of Joey Pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice nickname. That, that, I, like I that. guess that's his acting uh, gangster name, Joey, well, Joey I, Pants. Uh, you've got a couple good issues coming up. Um, one's good, one's there. Yeah, one's there, you know. But no, um, yeah, they're both superior foes of Spider-Man, uh, number nine and number ten. Number nine is uh, called Bullseye by the normal team of uh, Spencer and Lieber. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you recall, at the end of eight, you had Bullseye lining up Fred and his girlfriend in his sights. Um, here, sure enough, Fred does attack. Um, it leads to a very interesting scene inside a church. <laughs> which makes you – it harkens back to Bullseye's history of heroes' girlfriends inside churches, right. which is pretty dark. Um, <laughs> but here you have a twist because you have Fred suddenly trying to use her as a human shield and saying, oh, please, please don't kill her first and make me have to live through that and live through the rest of my life with having 
to go through that. Basically, he's just, you know, <laughs> to the point where Bullseye, I think, feels sorry for her. And even she's like, oh, you suck. And she winds up kicking his ass. <laughs> you know, and it made me wonder later on, you know, since Bullseye was paid to do this, did she get the money? Since she's technically the one who, who ended the fight and took him down. Yeah. But um, as we find out later, he was hired by uh, uh, by the owl who has who's come back because the owl is pissed because what is the owl missing? The owl is missing his Dr. Doom painting, right? which the chameleon took in, in lieu of uh, Silver, uh, Silvio Silvermane's head, which is still at the Shocker's apartment. <laughs> just chilling with a can of coke, watching some television, just hanging out, watching watching the uh, watching the TV until Hydro Man comes a calling. I love Hydro Man showing. Hydro Man <laughs> pops over to Shocker's place for movie night. Yeah, dude. Like they're just gonna kick it with a like a no, they don't have Netflix. Shocker's too cheap. They're just gonna kick it with like a, he he got you know he's got something from like the bargain bin at the Best Buy. Right, he's got a Katherine Heigl movie. Yeah, yeah, and he's just popping over for, for movie night with a dude. Yeah. yeah, dude. You know. By the way, if Silvermane's sucking uh, Coke out of us with a straw, where do the contents of the Coke just, go? For just, we asked the same thing with the pizza. Comics. And when he said he wanted lasagna, you know, he was like, he's hungry. And we're like, where the hell is it going? Yeah, it goes know. in your mouth. You're just a head. Where does it go? Does it go on the counter? How are you getting nutrients We're that way? Overthinking this. Overthinking aren't your, this. Sure, aren't his nutrients more like uh, like RoboCop and some sort of weird, you know, industrial paste that looks like baby <laughs> food or something? Anywho, okay, <laughs> you're like you're like sure, George. That's great. No, no, my phone just went off about the the missing plane in Australia, and says it's unlikely to be related to the missing plane. So anyway, I was got distracted. Like, like, because where the hell's that missing plane? Like throwing it out the podcast, <laughs> also unrelated. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, now, meanwhile, back at the Spirit Foes movie night. Yeah, so Hydro Man stops in, and Shocker's like, "Dude, I can't let you in." Uh, you know. Because he, he's got Silvio Silvermane's head in there. He doesn't want Hydro Man to find out. Hydro Man you know, forces his way in, short-circuits the TV because he's Hydro Man. Of course he does. I, I was hysterical. Which prompts rage from Silvermane's head, who has the best line in the entire issue. <laughs> when he says – when he sees Hydro Man and he asks Shocker, who's this supposed to be, Crybaby Man? Them, <laughs> them princess tears you got all over my picture box, boy? <laughs> And it immediately reminded me of the old man from Blues Brothers. Oh, God. You remember when, when, when uh, Elwood picks up Jake and then takes him back to his apartment? He picks him up from jail and takes uh -huh. him back up to his apartment, and they're walking upstairs, and that old man is playing cards. He turns around, you got my cheese whiz, boy? <laughs> That's what it made me think of. This is the cheese whiz boy guy. Uh, uh, that movie has so many great quotes. I love Blues oh, Brothers. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. I'd like four fried chickens. And a Coke. And a Coke. <laughs> and some dry white toast. <laughs> I'm Rita Franklin's like what? So that must be Elwood and uh, what the cook in the back? What does he say? That must be Elwood Jake. and Jake. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, off the throwing it off again. I know. <laughs> Distracted by a missing plane and a Blues Brothers reference. All I have to do next is say, hey, Brad, today I saw a Muppet with boobs, and and I'll deal with this oh for a half God. hour. That one time with the Muppet. No, no, no. <laughs> Up in boobies, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I regret speaking now. 
<laughs> All right. So I love how Hydro Man. Talk about the how he escapes the apartment. I adore that scene. Well, okay. Hydro Man at first tries to tell Shocker, "Dude, you got Silvermane's head. You're a power player now. You got the world eaten out of the palm of your hand." And I'm like, "Not really. No, that's really not happening. What what's happening here?" But Shocker's like, you know, he's incredulous. He's like, "What is that? What do you mean? I'm suddenly a big boy now? How am I a player?" You know, and he even says, "Everybody thinks." Everybody thinks that makes me a coward, but that's fine. I don't really care about all that. My reputation, look at me. I wear a quilt. What kind of reputation am I going to have? <laughs> you know? It's a very human human interest uh, side of uh, Shocker that we haven't seen before. Shocker uh, sometimes feels like he's going through a one-man play here off Broadway. You know? <laughs> like it's just, it's just a one-man monologue. All right. So anyway, um, yeah, so Hydro Man eventually, you know, he's like, okay, well, ponder that while I hit the can. And basically he leaves the apartment through the toilet. <laughs> Which means he's off to tell somebody, hey, do you know what Shocker has? Now, and, and, and Silverman has the great line. Yeah. Uh, Boy, you sure are stupid. It, and that <laughs> Which which technically Shocker already feels stupid and now he feels more so. Yeah. yeah. But who's more who's more of an idiot? The guy that uh, just talks too much or the man that leaves your apartment through the can? <laughs> well the man that left the apartment through the can is gonna try to make some money, son. I know, no so, shit. So <laughs> So Hydro Man, in this case, is the smarter guy. I guess, man. <laughs> anyway, it's hysterical. <laughs> hysterical. So we're all <laughs> delighted because uh, the owl's back. He's the one that hired Bullseye. Bullseye turns out to be a life model decoy. Who I can't, I can't believe I fell for that because in Daredevil, he's in a little tube. I mean, he's he's like a vegetable or something. Oh, oh Bullseye is? Daredevil. Yeah, Bullseye is. I forgot that he's not he, – because Bullseye killed him in Shadowland. I have, I have no and, idea what – know what I'm talking about. Anyway, that's the, that's the first I've heard of it. Yeah, Bullseye is not in that good a shape is what I should have remembered. Uh, he'll, he'll get better. <laughs> it's comics. <laughs> he just needs a little rest. Right. So, But no, we're all delighted. The owl's back. Um, he's the one that hired the uh, life model decoy Bullseye, which Fred's girlfriend – I think Fred's starting to get the, the – you know, maybe a whiff that his girlfriend's more turned on by Bullseye than him. <laughs> and, you know, why wouldn't she be? Yeah, because he knows where to hit the target. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, i got to snuff you like a candle because you took my painting, and I can't have the rest of the underworld thinking I'm a giant bitch. So um, he's like, well, wait a This book is so awesome. If you're not reading this book, shame It on really you. is. And so you know, oh my God. Fred does what Fred does best, which is lie, <laughs> and convinces the owl that Chameleon's been behind this thing all along because he knows Chameleon has the painting. And he's like, no, the Chameleon put us up to that. It's the Chameleon, I tell you. So he manages, you know, Al, Al buys his bullshit, and so Fred goes off to talk to the chameleon. And, of course, you know, it's all being videotaped, and the Al, through, you know, the transmitter, can see that the chameleon has the painting. It's up on the wall. And it's also got one of the more disturbing scenes we've seen in this, in this series, where yeah. the chameleon is having a love scene with himself. <laughs> for one minute he's the leading actor the next he's the woman they're having a conversation from different angles and then they, they're they about to go in for a kiss yeah. when his goon steps in and is like dude you got a visitor and, and, it's <laughs> and then the goon walks away and his thought bubble is him pouring bleach into his eyes <laughs> so he so he'll because you know, he can't clean that out of his memory Oh my God! No, I'd I'd laugh my ass off when I read. That was hysterical. Uh, I love I love the I love uh, Boomerang flipping off the camera too. By the way, yeah, and and also God. we finally get back to basics here because you know Fred is going. 
or at the dead end of the issue, he gets confronted by Overdrive and by the Beetle. I didn't see uh, I didn't see Speed Demon in there, so they've caught up with him on a hijacked school bus that has ninja stars and swords sticking out of all all over the place. Like apparently they drove through hand territory in a school bus full of kids to find him. So that that in and of itself is going to be a story that you have to tell somewhere. <laughs> but uh, but no, this this one gets an A. Sure enough, this is yeah. this is one of the best spider satellites. Um, consistently, just a quality book. And this team, you can do no wrong with this team with Spencer and Lieber. No, so this one awesome. gets an A plus. A plus, nice, yeah. nice. You've got another issue that came out number ten. Yes, and and you'll notice that I use very specific wording a minute ago when I said you can't go wrong with this team. So we broke up the team in the next issue. <laughs> uh, well, by, by that team, I mean, you know, yeah, the uh, the by Nick Spencer and Steve Lieber. Um, right. Number ten was actually solicited as uh, Spencer and Lieber. Uh, that is not who we get. We get writer James Asmus mm-hmm. and art by and I had and I had to do online research to find out who all worked on this book. Gerardo Sandoval, Terry Pallet or Palo, I don't know how you say that, Carmen Carnero, Nuno Plotti, Saya Um, Pepe Loraz, and uh, Andres Massa, or Mosa. I'm sorry if, if any of you are listening and I butchered your names, I apologize. That's a lot of people working on this book on art. But the thing was, you never got a rundown. You got, in one panel, you got their last names. <laughs> Except for Carmen Carnero, who editorial referred to as Carmenero. Yeah. Uh, something that – if, if you keep going into the book, you see more credits. Yeah, you, like, you do, but you yeah. don't really get a good uh, grasp on who did what. I know. It's weird. And, um, <laughs> and uh, online on, on uh, Twitter, or the Twitters, as I like to say, uh, mm-hmm. Tom Brennan tried to blame uh, – or no, not Tom Brennan, but uh, Ryan, Ryan Pentagos. Okay. Who's Marvel's digital media executive editor? Uh, blamed the snafu on Carmen Carnero's name on Silvermane's head, which is funny. But if you're Carmen Carnero, you're like, ah, that's cute. I'd like, I'd like for my work to be recognized. Thank you. <laughs> you know. But um, you think they just got past headline or what? I have I mean, no idea what happened. I don't because it just broke up a great run. I mean, the book isn't horrible. I mean, you'll get into the specific. It's not a horrible issue. It, it, I just I don't know. I, I don't know what what caused yeah. it. And it, you're right. It's not a horrible issue. It it is funny. There yeah. are a lot of gags in here, and a lot of it works. Unfortunately, some of it doesn't. Some of it I, is a little problematic, but uh, for different reasons. But for the most part, it it works okay. Um, You've, basically, you're getting a, a different villain story. You're getting a Beetle story and a Speed Demon story here. Um, overdrive, you get an Overdrive story, which is basically just him pissing himself whenever Hercules shows up, uh, which ties into him. This is what I didn't like. I, I, I don't like urine humor. This is why I'm not a big Stephen <laughs> King fan. Have you ever, ever read a Stephen King book? Yeah. There's urine. There's a lot of urine? There's I don't, I don't know, not every chapter, I'm embellishing, but I, I've actually talked about this with Stephen King fans. I'm not making this up. This is something I kept noticing, and I'm like, why is there urine, like, in every book? <laughs> and and people are like, yeah, I've noticed that, too. That's weird. There is. There's urine in almost every damn book. It's almost like, uh, you know, the producers of uh, Deadwood, who had that inside joke trying to see how many times I could say they could say cocksucker <laughs> in an episode. And to them, it was like one big gag, and I'm like, okay, well, it's distracting from your show. Which I'm hearing is yeah. good, but every time I'm, I'm watching it, I can't get past all the, hmm. all that, which they didn't even say in the Old West. 
Anyway, That's funny. I, I've never noticed. I've that. digressed. Anyway, <laughs> so so yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the pee humor, <laughs> and 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 we get it multiple times in this book. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I noticed the dog peeing on slippers. I don't know if there's other pee. Humor. I'm like Spencer and Lieber can do it, you know, can tell a funny story and they don't have to go to pee humor. Yeah. You know, anyway, so it's, it's not as, it's not as subtle, I don't think, as uh, Nick Spencer stuff. But, um, no, the Speed Demon uh, explaining um, that he arranged to have Hercules get, get crabs was pretty funny. That that was my favorite. Part. <laughs> yeah, that that was pretty, that was my favorite part. That was pretty good. Speed Demon's story is actually really good. Um, Beetle's story is problematic for me in that she talks about a court case she's involved with. All right, and she is mentioning that um, that Matt Murdock is repping a repping a plaintiff against one of her firm's clients. A plaintiff means that's a civil suit. Okay. No. Okay. But then later on, she says that Murdoch was able to get a twice convicted psychopath back out on the street. And I'm like, um, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. It's it's a civil suit. Why is the result of this going to end up with someone going back out on the street for a crime? They they should have um, because maybe comics, called a law. They should have maybe called a lawyer on that one. They they Marvel has got lawyers that work for them. Somebody can't pick up the phone. Yeah. Somebody can't call the editor, and the editor can't call a lawyer and say if they don't understand. These people watch enough TV. They're bound to have seen eight trillion different law shows on TV. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't watch a lot yeah. of law shows on TV. I just paid attention in civics class. <laughs> Excuse me. Anyway. Uh, That's funny. So that part didn't work out for me so well, and I, I, that was kind of jarring for me. But, but that and the, plus it just seems to be an editorial mess where you don't even credit the people correctly. Yeah. It actually worked in the story. That that didn't sit well with me, you know, because a lot of the artwork was really good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm going to give this one a C. I mean, the, the gags work, but I could do without the pee jokes, and you know, and it's a fill-in issue. It's not a Spencer Lieber issue. Yeah, <laughs> and it feels kind of hastily, cl- you know, cobbled together at the last minute. See, I give it, I, I, I give it just a smidge higher. I like the crab joke. I mean, the crab that, joke is funny. The crab joke is funny, and I, I like the idea of uh, getting one past Daredevil. I, I mean, I just like that. I like the villain aspect of it. Yeah, because you don't see that usually in comics. The hero. <laughs> no, I mean it's, it's an ingenious way to take out Hercules. Give him an ST. Hercules give an STD and make Matt Murdock uh, not pay attention in, in in the court and have to go fight a D-list villain like the looter. You know, even though that's even though that's a Ditko villain, by the way. I was about to say we we had a bet. Wondered if I could not mention Ditko in the podcast, and we failed. And we failed. I just randomly said Ditko. I did it twice now. <laughs> you know, it, it was funny for me because I'm reading this, yeah. and you know. Looter was later renamed uh, Meteor Man after Ditko left. Right. But uh, <laughs> Looter, Looter fits in with his whole um, objectivist Ayn Rand uh, thing because yeah. that was the one thing Ayn Rand always talked about, you know, the looters, the looters of society. That's funny. All right, my turn for a book. I haven't been reviewing uh, this book uh, but I should have been, and now I don't have to because this is the last one I need to review. <laughs> this sounds bad. Uh, Thunderbolts number twenty. Better phone it in, Jomo. <laughs> well, the reason I haven't been reading Thunderbolts uh, is because 
I didn't like the previous writer, which was uh, Way, Daniel Way. But uh, it's got a new uh, writer on there, Charles Soule. And he has drastically improved this book, which has potential. And it's nice to know that Charles is, is uh, stepping up and giving the book. Because I like the concept of Thunderbolt Ross, Deadpool, uh, Frank Castle, uh, Electra, well, wait, and now, Venom. Is it Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt Ross, or is it that stupid Red Hulk crap? Well, it's Red Hulk. Ugh. But that's Thunderbolt Ross. That loses me. Well, yeah, it's all right. I think that you don't think all that dilutes the Hulk. Yes, having so many Hulks dilutes the Hulk. I don't like Scar. I don't like Red She Hulk. I do like Jennifer Walters. We have we uh, have son, we have Son of Hulk, Red Hulk. We have yes. regular Hulk. We have She Hulk, Red She Hulk. We have She Hulk, who's Hulk's daughter. Yeah, that's that's it, like it, six, seven Hulks. That's too many Hulks. I agree. I. I Anyway, I like the idea of Thunderbolts, Thunder standing for Thunderbolt Ross. I think that works. It's it's a good concept. Anyway, but it hasn't been living up. So I've been at least four or five months behind on Thunderbolts, and I've caught up on it, and it's a solid book. So I recommend if, you, if you're checking it out. Actually, Soul's not going to be on the book much longer, so I don't know if you should continue to read it. <laughs> but uh, Flash Thompson... Uh, is on the team, and he's changed his white uh, spider on the front of his chest, the red. All the characters have turned red to be on the team. So, uh, Why? They're is that significant anyway? Well, you know, they're, it's, it's, they're on the team. They're all red because the Hulk, Red Hulk is the leader. You've got the red leader. You've got Elektra, who's already red with her costume. Wait a minute. Why is the, why is the leader – is he red leader? Is it a different leader now too? That I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The, but they call him red leader? Yeah, they call him oh, Red Leader. F sake. And oh. Frank Castle changes his skull to a red skull on his chest. And uh, whoa, whoa, hang on here. Frank Castle, the guy who fights crime, mm-hmm. a guy who punishes the guilty, is going to change the skull on him, the front of his outfit to red to a red skull. Yes. Oh, I didn't think of that. A red skull. I didn't think of that. Tell me how good of a writer this guy is again. Oh, uh, well, this happened long oh, before he got Jesus on board. Christ. He changes to the Red Skull. I never thought of that. Anyway, the red, the spot, the white spider <laughs> on Flash's costume's red, and etc. And Ghost Rider changes his flame from blue to red since he's on the team. It was blue. Well, what what color was it normally? Orange, like fire. Okay, well, it's now red fire. Okay, I, well, you said from blue, and I was like, wait a minute, what the hell happened to Ghost Rider? I, I swear, in the previous issue, it was a blue flame. It probably was hell because he's blue Ghost Rider now. It's probably propane. That's, lighter, what we'll you know? just, that's how they do legacy now. They just change it to a color. <laughs> anyway, let me tell you about the plot. <laughs> Charles, good lord, I, I have to I have to catch George up on this one. Now, you haven't been following Thunderbolts. I'm gathering from the fact uh, I, like a, well, no, there's nothing in there for me to like. Everything's What's just that? a red variant of somebody or a blue variant of some. What the hell? It's hysterical. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the plot: Flash Thompson, Venom, once off the team. He, uh, they just got back from hell, and they got Mephisto back on the throne in the previous issues. And Wait, he so, says, so we actually had a group of heroes who know what the hell to do with Mephisto? Yeah, they took the, – well, they got him back on the throne, so they kind of pulled a Spider-Man, if you know what I'm no saying. No one made a deal with him? No, they made – yeah, they made a – they actually – the Red Leader made him sign a contract. It was actually funny. I'm like, why, where was the Red Leader when Spider-Man was going through this shit? Anyway, that if you want to see Mephisto uh, kind of get his ass kicked, pr- check out the two previous issues. Just don't ever uh-huh. see it in Spidey. You won't. You won't. Only in the satellites. <laughs> Venom's off the book after this one I review. 
Anyway, basically, the reason they're a team is because together they can do more together than they can separately. And each uh, uh, mission, they put their names in a hat, and they uh, get to go on the mission that the person wants to go on. So they put the name in the hat, and Deadpool pulls out his name. So it's his mission. And Flash Thompson says, hey, you know what? Can I use your turn because this is the last mission I'm on? I'm off the team. And everyone is like, what, what? He was like, it's just too hard to control the symbiote with all these killers on this team. It's The symbiote wants to take over. He wants to murder. And I'm on a team with Electro Punisher and Deadpool, and you guys kill for sport. So <laughs> I, I got to get the hell out of here. The symbiote is going nuts, wanting to eat some brains. So Deadpool was like, oh, all right, you, it, it can be your turn. So Flash says... Uh, my last mission is I want you to take out the symbiote. I want I want you to take him out, and uh, I'm going to uh, surrender all control to the symbiote, and your job is to take him out. <laughs> but symbiote, but I'll, Flash I'll, is going to die? Well, didn't we see that? Yeah, I, I, I guess he's ready. I mean, I guess he's ready to die. He's letting the symbiote take over, and he's like, team, take him out. Okay. So uh, the symbiote escapes through the vent and goes after Ghost Rider first. And Ghost Rider is like, why are you going after me? You're, you're uh, scared of fire. And then the symbiote peels back the, the layers, and see, you see Flash Thompson unconscious. And he was like, well, if you burn me, you're going to take out this innocent human. And Ghost Rider's like, whatever, stare into my eyes with my pennant stare. And uh, this is a part where I don't really care for, I think it's out of character, that Ghost Rider stares in the Venom's eyes, and he cries like a little bitch and passes out. I don't think Ghost Rider's going to do that, honestly. That was my one big con. But anyway, Venom's like, ha-ha, kind of like Nelson from The Simpsons. So, cut to uh, Punisher and Elektra. They're uh, getting their ammo ready, and Punisher busts through the door, grabs him by the neck, and uh, Elektra grabs some smoke and is able to escape and get behind a door, and the symbiote can't get through. In the meantime, the red leader throws some uh, magnesium at the symbiote, and there's smoke everywhere, and... Uh, the symbiote goes, magnesium? So what? And he just grabs the red leader by the throat, and, and the red leader's like, I thought that I thought that would stop you. I read it on Wikipedia that symbiotes don't like magnesium. And and uh, Venom's like, uh, your info's wrong. <laughs> but in, And then Red Hulk comes in and smashes him right in the face and, and uh, rescues the red leader. And uh, the symbiote goes up into the uh, air duct again with Flash, and the Red Leader says, here's our problem. We're not acting as a team. This is so straight out of Cyclops. We need to act as a team, not not uh, out of the X-Men, like Cyclops rounding up the troops to be an X-Men, not X-People. So cut to – this. Is, you'll love this because you love Deadpool. Uh, cut to Deadpool naked. <laughs> Okay. Deadpool is naked and he's he's got an X jet in the uh, evidently the Thunderbolts fly around in an X jet you know like the stealth fighters that they have anyway he's uh, uh, prepared a trap for the symbiote he has taken his Deadpool costume and he's got a magic he got a sharpie and he put webs all over it so the Deadpool costume looks like Spider Man and Frank Castle comes in and goes what the hell are you doing 
And he was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to distract them. The symbiote hates Spider-Man. Anyway, one of the ropes breaks, and the X-Jet crashes, and, and that's a big mess. And then the symbiote goes – then uh, Deadpool puts on the, the Spider-Man slash Deadpool costume that's sharpied up to look like Spider-Man and takes on the symbiote. And the symbiote rips his head off and his limbs off and just destroys Deadpool. And in the meantime, the team comes together. Ghost Rider wraps him up in some chains – um, Frank and Electra get their flamethrowers and they uh, corral the symbiote uh, into the corner and then the Red Hulk uh, waxes hands together and a big old sound waves rips the symbiote off of Flash's body. Uh, Ghost Rider grabs the suit with his chains and Flash is free and uh, Thunderbolt mm-hmm. says, All right, you want us to take the symbiote out? And uh, Flash goes, No, uh, this is my curse. I just saw what it can do um, when it takes over other people like Spider-Man that just took over this month, this past month, and it's awful. This is my curse. I can control it. So uh, the symbiote gets back on the Flash. Flash controls it and uh, shakes uh, Thunderbolt Ross's hand, and he goes off into the sunset. Roll credits. Uh, Pros, the artwork was nice. I loved the Deadpool scene with the Sharpie and turning his suit into Spider-Man. Uh, the cons, Ghost Rider's not a bitch. Uh, <laughs> Ghost Rider can stare into eyes and not quiver by what the, the symbiote has done. I just thought that was off. And also, the ending, it just wrapped up a little bit with Flash, was like, oh, I'll just take it back. It's my curse. Uh, let's peace out. Uh, I give this one a B-. minus. If you're a fan of symbiotes, if you're a fan of Venom, pick that one up. 24, he's off the team. He's going over to the Guardians of the Galaxy, which you're going to re- review when that starts happening. All of that, all of that should be a what-if story. Jesus. Like, what, what, the Thunderbolts? Or read the this, read that, read the other thing. <laughs> I didn't mind it. Uh, I didn't mind it. I, I, the previous issue, when, we were, when they were in hell with Mephisto, Ghost Rider, he writes Ghost Rider really well. Like Ghost Rider apparently, it makes him out to be a bitch, according to you. Well, I take that back. That scene sucked, but the one from last <laughs> issue wasn't that bad. He, he's, sitting in, he's sitting in hell. They're fighting Mephisto, and he goes up to Flash Thompson, and he goes, you know what? I don't like that daredevil guy. And Flash is like, why? He took my name. I mean... I'm a daredevil. I'm a stunt driver. I should be called Daredevil, not Ghost Rider. I just thought that was funny as hell. <laughs> that actually is a gag on. Uh... He stole it. Um, it's not an original line. What? No, 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 no. It, 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 no, it's an original line. It's just it's go- yeah. it's goofing on. Um... Oh, because I think Ghost Rider's original name was supposed to be something like Stuntman or something like that. Right. Like way back in the day, so I think that's just a way of saying, you know, that's that's what I think that's just I a did, way. Of I just thought that was like it makes sense. Go, yeah, Ghost Rider could be called Daredevil. Yeah, what should Daredevil be called? Lawyer Man? I mean, <laughs> blind, blind Justice. How about there that? There you go, Blind Justice. Blind Justice. Oh, that's horrible. That is bad. <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> You got uh, one more, I think, right? Oh, oh God. Yeah. Oh, oh, man, this one's bad. Oh, just as, as a quick uh, note um, for the yeah. folks at home who wouldn't otherwise know this. Um, originally, uh, I was going to review Guardians of the Galaxy when Venom came over on the main page. That's not going to happen anymore. Um, Sean Martineau, the guy who had been 
um, writing the Thunderbolts review is going to continue following Venom on to Guardians of the Galaxy. And the, the reason I, I was cool with that, because when I read Sean's review of this, it sounded like he was bummed that he yeah. wasn't going to be following Venom anymore. But he does a good job. Yeah, good and job. I was like, dude, seriously, if you like Venom that much, I, I can't stand the guy. Here, I it would make more <laughs> sense if you actually reviewed it instead of me. Yeah. You know, and and plus, you know, I mean, he already he's already got the history with the character down. I never read, you know, Remender's Venom, so I don't know what the hell's going on with Venom anymore. I, Sean's <laughs> Thunderbolt review, he liked that issue. Yeah, like yeah. I did. So yeah. so he's going to review it on the main page, and I'm going to review uh, Guardians of the Galaxy with Venom um, for the satellite podcast. Right. But uh, you've got an issue that uh, yes, we're, we're we're three issues in. I'm not digging it. No, this. This title has a lot of problems. We're talking about New yeah. Warriors number three by Christopher Yost and Marcus Toe. Um, I forgot who reviewed it on the main page for us, but even the review this week was finally like, well, this, this worm has turned. This thing just – it's not <laughs> – and it's, it's really not. Um, no. But, but because – but for Brevin. Evan. Evan. Yeah, reviewed. that's right. Evan. Evan yeah. reviews it. Yeah. Even Evan this, this month was like, yeah, this, this – no. This, this, is not, this is not good. Here, let me click. Let's see what his grade is. Uh, I think he. Yeah, he gave, he gave this a D minus. I gave it. Yeah, I gave it a D as well. Here. Right. Yeah. Um. The the problem with this book is very little is actually explained to you of what of the motives that are going on. <clears throat> Why is Justice trying to form the team? Because in the in the first book, Justice doesn't even bring it up. Another character brings it up. Another character says, "Hey, I hear you're trying to get this team back together." And Justice is kind of noncommittal about it. Later on in this issue, somebody says, well, we have to go and find the Avengers, and Justice is – or no, we have to go and, and stop the bad guys. And Justice is like, no, we should go find the Avengers. I mean, this is not a job for us. And I'm like, fuck, you're supposed to be the leader of the team, first of all. Number two, you guys just went to Avengers HQ last issue. They weren't there. We're talking literally <laughs> like an hour ago. Y'all were just there. <laughs> so there's so many holes in the story. We don't know. If, we don't know why the bad guys are just attacking the people who are going to be on this team. Yeah, we don't. We're three issue. We're uh, how many? How much money are we in? Four times three. We're in twelve dollars, and we don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, and it's it's bad. I mean, the art is good, but it's not consistent. You have that thing where you get the feeling that Toe doesn't, you know, that Marcus Toe doesn't realize that Justice is not supposed to be a twelve year old or a fifteen year old or however old he's supposed to be. This dude is in his mid to late twenties. This guy was almost married. Yep, the Firestar. The Firestar, yeah. So, a <clears throat> lot of just a lot of bad problems with this book. A lot of bad problems with this book. And it, I mean, did you read the original New Warriors in the nineties? I was not a fan. No, I, I liked it a lot. That 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 Fabian Nice, nice I don't know how you say his Yeah, and Mark Bagley. I mean, I just loved the first what twenty five or thirty issues that they did. And you knew what, why they were forming the team. They're all teenagers. They all want to be Avengers. They want to be the next generation heroes. What is the motive of this team ten years later? There's not. Why were they even in uh, New Haven? Or not New Haven, why? New Salem. Exactly. New Salem in the, in, the first, in the first issue, why were they even there? What was the point of I having – they never explain it. No. They, and you don't, re, you don't really know the motive of the high evolutionary who I hate as a Spider-Man villain. Well, he finally goes into why he's doing it. What is it? I, I read the book. I don't know. No, he – <laughs> no, because, yeah, that was last issue. I think he told Nova 
the celestials are coming back and they're going to cleanse the planet uh, unless every, unless we clean up the gene pool. So unless you're just a, a baseline human, you know, if you're Iron Man, you're fine because you your your DNA is normal human. If you're Spider Man, you're screwed because your DNA has been altered by by you know science gone horribly awry. If you're mutant, inhuman, Atlantean, Lemurian, whatever, you've got to die. <clears throat> Okay, so we know the motive of the villain, not the heroes. Okay. Yeah, basically, yeah. basically. Okay. Well, the, the heroes are like, we have to stop these people that are trying to kill us, and yet no one asks why. It's just them being attacked. You know, a, a mo- I hate to throw you off a little bit, but a motive of forming the team, maybe Nova, I mean, uh, Justice and Speedball could say, you know what, we need to help raise the next generation of Avengers. I don't, I, do you want that led by a guy who's like, no, we shouldn't even try. We should just go find the Avengers no. like we did an hour ago. Your lead character's clueless. Yes. Yes. This is not a good book. No, it's not. So anyway, like uh, on the last podcast, the last time we reviewed this uh, issue too, I, I started to go into a, a detailed synopsis of the issue, and finally Brad cut me off and said, bottom line inform me, Barryman, what did Kane do? That's all I'm, I want to know. Because really, that's Kane all Spider-Man do. fans care about is, oh, yeah, exactly. jibber-jabber, yabba-yabba. What, what did Kane do? This isn't the speedball crawl space. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so here's what Kane did. Well, between issue two and three, Kane managed to get his ass kicked off panel right. by three evolutionaries, uh, along with Araceli and the new Atlantean chick, um, between the, the end of last issue and this issue. You never see the fight. They... The the evolutionaries just show up at Bad Guy HQ with these three with Kane, Araceli, or Araceli and uh, the Atlantean girl. I forgot what, what what what's her name? Water Snake. I think that's her. name. I literally think. Nam- I'm not kidding. I think that's her name. Water Snake. Namorita Junior. Yeah. <laughs> um. When he wakes up, he continually yells at Nova that he's not Spider Man because Nova keeps saying, "Oh, you know, we have Spider Man." Uh, he frees them from their energy prison cells by talking to spiders to short-circuit the machinery, and then they all get jumped by dozens of evolutionaries uh, and eventually overwhelmed. So apparently that's why well, in two issues, Kane's managed to get his ass kicked twice. <laughs> and he's, I think he's supposed to be the Wolverine on the team. Yeah, I guess so, dude. Oh. 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 One good redeeming factor of this book, it's the variant cover penciled by New Warriors... Original Mark Bagley. So review is D for dollars oh. just flushed down the drain. Twelve dollars, baby, <laughs> down the can, man. Yeah, that's. I'm hoping that, this gets canceled soon because I don't want to keep buying it. I I hate to wish bad things on a book, but if this gets past issue ten, I, dude, if this gets I, past I, issue I, seven, <laughs> I, I I'd be amazed. And I I think Christopher Yost is a good writer, but not here. He, no, he is. This is not his A game. I have seen him write oh. much better than this. This feels phoned in. His, his X Force, I loved a lot. I thought that was really good. So, and the first few issues, the, I mean, I, hell, I liked all of Scarlet Spider pretty much. But this, just man, I haven't looked you know. at to see what the reaction's been on other sites. You know, CBR loves it. I don't even have to look at that. <laughs> but um, I haven't looked to see what IGN or other sites are saying about it, and I haven't, I haven't kept or I haven't looked at how it's doing sales wise. So I don't know. All right, hold on. Let me let me see here. ScienceFiction.com. Let's see what they gave it as a review. They give it 2.5 out of 5 atoms. <laughs> okay. Um, IGN. Oh, that's just issue one. But let's see what IGN gives it as a rating. New Warriors number one. They give it a... 
do they not give it a grade? They don't grade this. The bottom line, the verdict, New Warriors is a little rough around the edge. It's got a long way to go before it justifies a spot on your pull list, but it's not all bad. Not all That's bad. the reason you need to buy it, because it's not all bad. <laughs> no. I We're like the third uh, thing on Google when you type in reviews of New Warriors 3. We're like the number three hits. So, so like no one else is reviewing no one else is reviewing it except the crawlspace and sci-fi.com gotcha. or whatever. Okay. <laughs> That's not a good sign. What did that tell you? <laughs> Nobody's buying the damn Maybe book. Maybe CBR's oh. not reviewing it because they don't want to have to say something bad about Marvel. Oh, let's see. I know this is wasted space for the listeners, but uh, I really want to see what CBR says about this. Let me. I'm literally going as... Uh, here, reviews, Marvel Comics. Let's see if they reviewed um, this book. It just came out, didn't it? New Warriors number three. Yeah, it came – well, it came out last week. Okay. Let's see here. New Avengers, no. Maybe they don't have anybody reviewing this book. <laughs> I guess not. And if CBR does – oh, New Warriors 2. Here we go. Well, this isn't three. They gave New Warriors 2 two out of five stars. Whoa! Holy crap, wow. stop the press. If CBR isn't sucking it, I mean... <laughs> well, I, you know, stranger things have happened. I've seen the Washington Post call out wow. liberals before, so I don't know. Oh, they gave New Warriors number one three out of five stars, so it's progressively going down. Okay. Uh, all right, CBR. All right. So we're not alone in our assessment of what's happening. Not alone, George. Yeah, it's okay. not good. Bottom line for me, Barryman. How was this month in satellites? Uh, fairly, fairly good. I mean, the annual was was good. Uh, you know, uh, team up was great. Team up number eleven is fantastic. Um, we had one really good issue with Spider Foes. One kind of good issue with Spider Foes. So uh, overall, it's it's an above average month, I would say. Cool. All right, we've got two cartoon reviews to do now. We're almost wrapping up season two, by the way. Yeah, we are. We're getting very close to the end of Season 2. I think the next episode we'll do in Season 2 actually has Sandman in it. Nice. So, Ultimate Spider-Man <clears> cartoon. <throat> what One episode from Season 1, epi- one episode from Season 2. What are they? Uh, the Season 1, Episode 12 uh, episode is called Field Trip. And the Season 2 is uh, episode is uh, uh, 23. Episode 23 is called Second. Yeah, Second Chance Hero. So, the first episode is called Field Trip. Now... This this issue or this issue, I, I can't get off satellite thinking. This episode um, is going to be a treat for any of you uh, dinosaurs out there, like me and Brad, who are old enough to remember when Thor turned into a frog. Walt Simonson wrote in issue number three sixty four to three sixty six of Thor. And for those of you rolling your eyes right now, you really don't understand how good of a story that was. <laughs> because Thor gets turned into a frog, and they actually, but he's still the god of thunder. He still has his his godly powers. He's just a frog. Yeah. And they do the story very straightforward. It is not done for for giggles or gags. Bad stuff happens when he's a, when he's a frog because <laughs> there's some rats that try to kill him, and it's. I'd, some parts of it reminded me of Watership Down, kind of. <laughs> you know, it was very. Very surreal, but it was a great story. So here, this episode is kind of an, of an homage to uh, Simonson's uh, Thunder Frog. 
Yeah. So here, uh, Spidey, the Spidey Teen Super Buddies, whatever their names are, Agents of Shield. I don't know what you call them. Um, they go on a on a museum field trip, uh, which oddly enough has a lot of uh, Norse artifacts. Iron Fist, of all people, Iron Fist is is the one of the group that accidentally releases a frost giant, and he does it because he's the, he's the one that's smart enough to know how to read the lines uh, of an inscription on one of the artifacts. Well, unfortunately, it's magic, and when he reads it, it releases a giant frost giant who starts tearing up the museum. Um, at which point, Coulson, who was pretending to be principal, uh, ushers all the all the normal children out of the room and looks at the you know at the super buddies and or Spidey buddies and says, uh, you know, hey, get to work. Um, at one point, there is a funny moment when Nova gets his ass whooped. Uh, he gets smashed by a, a frost giant and hurled across the room into a display. And and Spidey kind of breaks the fourth wall and makes him. Br- reverse it and then play it again in slow-mo just because he hates Nova so much. Yeah. Um, the team is basically getting their butts handed to them by this giant frost giant. Oh, um, just as an aside here, we, we get another Spidey moment where he's the little cherub thing that I always talk about, you know? Oh, and and yeah. I got taken to task on the, um, on the Facebook page uh-huh, what happened? last month. Somebody said, hey... Those aren't cherubs, Barryman. Those are chibi. Oh, a chibi? <coughs> chibi, C-H-I-B-I. Okay. Which I'd never heard of before. I don't know. What Me the, neither. Wouldn't know what the hell a chibi was. So I go, uh, you know, so I need to know something. So where do I go, Brad? Uh, the uh, I, I, Rand, the Rand McNally. No, that's a man. I, I go uh, to the uh, I go to the Googles. The, the Googles, yes. And I type in chibi, and then I'm like, oh, okay, that's what a chibi is. So it's a little cherubic, except that it doesn't have wings. But basically, it just everybody makes look. It makes everyone look like a fat baby with giant eyes. Oh, okay, <laughs> a fat baby version of themselves <laughs> with giant eyes. So those chibi for future reference, chibi. Yeah, but what's a cherub? A, a cherub is like a little baby looking angel thing with wings. It's like cherub. It's like one of the cherubim. One of like uh, I think they're one of the choruses of heaven. But around Valentine's <laughs> Day, it's Cupid. Cupid is a cherub. Okay. <laughs> so if it looks like a fat baby and it's doing wacky things, I, I tend to call it a cherub. <coughs> Excuse me. We, under, we understand. Oh, my voice is getting dry. It's got a cherub in there. Yeah, I know. I, swall- <laughs> I swallowed a cherub somewhere. Uh, uh, you, uh, you swallowed cherub, spit out a chibi. Man. Uh, <laughs> none of that's good. I swallowed a quarter once, spit out two dimes and a nickel. I almost actually said that that happened. It did not. <laughs> I, I did the math. It took me a minute. I, I, I have to take. I have to give credit for that joke. That's in the movie Grumpy, Grumpy or Grumpy or Old Men, with Burgess Meredith said, "Hey, I gave this kid a quarter. He crapped out two dimes and a nickel." <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that one. I saw both of them. Oh, I love. I think it's one of the outtakes at the oh, end okay. with the credits. I love. I love Grumpy Old Men and Grumpy or Old Men. All right. So speaking of Grumpy Old Men. Yeah, that's why we're on the show uh, together. <laughs> yeah, Thor. Are you Walter Matthau or am I Jack Lemmon? I am totally Walter Matthau. I'm not Jack Lemmon, so it's two Matthaus. All right. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> why is it bad to be Jack Lemmon? Well, I'm not uptight. And St- stop. You are way nicer of a person than I am. Well, I know, but I'm not are, like you, that. Makes you Jack Lemmon. Well, no. In that, all right. I know well, it's I'm cooler Nick. to be Walter Matthau, but come on. Oh, screw it. I'm banging Ann Margaret, so it's yes, good. Yes, you're All going right. to get to Ann Margaret. <laughs> All 
right. In this scenario, I get stuck with Sophia Loren. Well, uh, no. Oh, we're both making yeah. out pretty good, actually. You know, we have taken a, a severe. Well, we have veered <laughs> so far off course so fast. I have whiplash. Here, here this is what's funny. The people listening to this review are cursing are probably, us right now because we no, were talking probably, about Spidey. They're probably younger because this show is aimed at the younger demographic. We're talking about a comedy from the late '60s called uh, "The Odd Couple," and then grumpier old men from the '90s. No, what? No kid that is listening to this show knows those movies. There are bet. people screaming right now? Get, Please stop. Get to They're, Spidey. Stop with the math thou moment. All right. Everyone else uh, at the gym is looking at them like they're weird. So we better veer this back on track. All right. Oh. All right, back on the train. <laughs> so the Frost Giants. Uh, <laughs> up. By the one, one aside, where else can you hear the word Frost Giants and Walter Matthau in the in space of two minutes? Walter Matthau. <laughs> affair, affair. Oh. That's, that's Jack Lemmon sneezing in the Odd Couple. Uh, okay, go welcome, ahead. welcome to the Matthau cast. <laughs> welcome to the Odd Couple oh, cast. <laughs> Frost Giants, go. <laughs> That's, that's a, you just trying to throw me back like that? I right, throw your ass back, man. You're getting back on the train right. going to... So the Frost to... Giant is smacking the Spidey Buddies around <laughs> all over the museum, and Thor shows up, and he's like, Verily, I'm about to put a stop to this crap. Ribbit. No, he's not a frog yet, Brad. He... Oh, sorry. God, sorry, sorry. Oh my. You, blew, you blew the gag. Ribbit. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh... Uh, I regret that I only have two hands to flip you off with, Douglas. <laughs> and we're not in the same room, so I'm flipping uh, you off. All right, so. Ribbit Thor. <laughs> God damn. Uh, sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Frost Giants, go. <laughs> Spider Friends, go for it. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. Ribbit. <laughs> Everyone listening to the show hates us right now. I know. They all hate us right now. They're like, this is the worst satellite episode ever. <laughs> I apologize to everyone listening. All right. I'm going to try to do this one more time. Ribbit. <laughs> uh, I'm so, okay, I'm muting. I'm it's muting. like trying to do a newscast with a child sitting next to me. Ribbit. Uh-huh. All right. So. Thor shows up, uh, smacks the frost giant around uh, for his, you know, because it, he was smacking around the spider buddy. So, you know, one turn de- deserves the other. Um, the spider buddies, though, they feel slighted because Thor, they feel like Thor doesn't take them seriously. And let's be honest, he doesn't because he's Thor. He's the god of thunder. Unfortunately, he reaches down to touch a mystic amulet on the frost giant uh, that's laying prone, unconscious on the floor. And when he touches the amulet, oh, too late. He's turned into a frog by foul magic. It turns out Loki has bewitched some sort of amulet and put that on the giant, knowing Thor would reach out for it. And Thor is now a frog. He is a frog that looks like Thor, but he is, and he is, still has the powers of Thor. But he is now a frog, and he is not physically as mighty as he is when he's normal, big human, or not big human, but big-ass guardian Thor. So, <clears throat> um, this is obviously a, a horrible turn of events. So, Thor opens a portal to Asgard um, to try to find out what you know what he can do. The spider, the spider teen buddies follow him and are shocked to find Asgard is completely frozen. Everything's frozen in Asgard. Because Loki 
has taken over, and he's got an army of frost giants while Odin goes through the Odin sleep. How come every time something bad happens in Asgard, Odin's asleep? Now, I have to, I have to correct you a little bit. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm saying it wrong, but you said it three times. Asgard. I think it's Asgard, isn't it? Not Asgard. Right? Like, Asgard is like, like, a, like a pillow. No, I, I mean, you say it like Asgard, probably, but... Yeah, you you you've been saying Asgard. I don't I don't know. That's just how I've always said it. You've always said Asgard. Maybe subconsciously, I like to think it's another dimension <laughs> full of like hot ass. ass. I don't know, but yeah, I've always you, just said Asgard. Asgard. I've always said Asgard, but anyway. Well, you can't even pronounce Themyscira. Uh, well, because I'm on a Spider-Man show, <laughs> and people are making me say Wonder Woman terms. Oh, I'm glad uh, you remembered it now. Now you remember you're on a Spider-Man. Show. Oh, anyway. anyway. Isn't that the name of a deodorant, Asgard? Right guard. No, it's right right guard. Sorry, right guard. Okay. What is the name of an actor though? Uh, Ed uh, Ed Asgard. Remember, was, Ed Asgard, who was, who was the vo- who was the voice of J. Jonah Jameson in the nineties? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm Kevin Bacon in this shit. That's not <laughs> All right, so where was I? All right, so Spunk, you had Spunk. I hate Spunk. Go ahead. I had Spunk. What are you talking about? That's what he said to Mary Tyler Moore in the pilot. I don't remember. Spunk. I hate Spunk. Not a big Mary Tyler Moore guy. Uh, I mean, I like Ted. Why are we talking about Mary Tyler Moore? (laughs) Everyone hates us right now. (laughs) We went from Walter Matthau, Jack Lemmon, Ed Asner, to Mary Tyler Moore, and then we're bringing it back to Frost Giants and Frogs. Go ahead. So anyway, (laughs) they go to Asgard, and they get ambushed by Frost Giants, and they get imprisoned by Loki. The Spidey Buddies are trapped inside a giant Frost Dome. And Thor gets gets imprisoned in some sort of floating green energy ball. Of course. Uh, anyway, Iron Fist frees the heroes by breaking the dome because that's what he does because he's a boss. Yeah. Nova frees Thor from his magic prison, and the heroes beat a hasty retreat. They wind up going. Uh, they go to a uh, to uh, is it Itri or Itri the dwarf? Oh, now that one. I <clears throat> he's a dwarven weaponsmith in Asgard. <laughs> He's even the one who forged uh, Thor's hammer for him. We've had enough divergence, but I'm going to share this with you anyway. <laughs> we've, we've diverged uh, <laughs> enough, but we're going to do it one more time. We're going to do it one more time. You know, uh, before the internet, you know, back in the 80s, um, I, it's, it's funny how people say things. For the longest time, I thought the artist that was one of my favorites of the 80s John Byrne, for the longest time, I called him John Byron. Until I went to a comic book show, I'm like, you got any John Byron books around here? It doesn't even look like Byron. Well, I'm an eight-year-old kid. Anyway, uh, and the guy was like, you mean John Byrne? I'm like, oh, is that how you say it? Okay, so it's John Byrne. So that it's funny how when we grow up, we read things and we interpret them differently. Now, there's a lot of people out there who... You just, especially in comics. Comics is it's a very a varied field. You don't know how to say yeah. their name. It's different. Right. It's different from from entertainment, from acting. Because if you're an actor, you can't have a name that's unpronounceable. Right. You, yeah. you have to have a name that people. So if your name is something crazy that would work in a comic book, not as an actor. Yeah. Actors got to change it to Smith, <laughs> Kevin Smith, you know, or yeah. something like that. Anyway, yeah. so they go to see the dwarven weaponsmith. And and he makes weapons for all of them, uh, for all of the heroes, you know, because Thor's already got a weapon. Did, did I? I'm sorry. Did I? Did I? Did I cut? Did I cut you off from making your divergent point? 
No, no, no. I'm I'm back on track okay. with you. Okay. Unless you want me to go off about about uh, Out to Sea with Jack Lemmon and Walter oh Matthau, which was a great movie. Uh, they- <laughs> so they've got weapons, you know, like uh, magical bow and arrow and all this other crap. Spidey doesn't get a weapon because he's told that his weapon is leadership, mm. which, I, you know, the dwarf weaponsmith who knows stuff tells him that. So I guess that, that makes Nova butthurt. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, they – um. So that's taking a page out of the Fear Itself event. Remember when Tony Stark uh, worked with the Asgard dwarves to uh, make weapons for everybody so that they could yeah. fight uh, whatever that thing was? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, the the thing that Odin fought years ago, yes. Yeah. I can't remember his name. The Dark Something. So uh, Yeah, it's all Dark Something. So anyway, uh, Spidey shame taunts Loki. Loki's about to go after the, the Thunder Frog. But, you know, he's got him on the ropes, and then Spidey's like, this is how you want to beat Thor when Thor's not even Thor. You know, isn't that kind of empty? That, you know, would, would, aren't you better than that? He kind of – he shame taunts him. He, he brer rabbits yeah, him. Into, uh, yeah, into releasing uh, Thor from the frog spell, at which point Thor whips his ass and does it pretty yeah. hard, and uh, Loki swears revenge on Spidey. Uh, and that end, Thor rewards Spidey with a two-headed goat, which bites him. Yeah. Woo, we finally got through that. <laughs> all right. Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon talking all. Yeah. So that yeah, that that episode, uh, I'm going to give it a B. I would have given it a C, but because it's an homage to the Walt Simonson story of uh the Thunder Frog, uh that bumps it from a C to a B. You're going to be shocked, but I've never read that issue of Thunder Frog. That doesn't shock me. I mean, I actually, it's on my to-read list. I have a complete run of the Walt Simonson Thor, and I bought it, what, probably 10 years ago, and I've never gotten around to reading it. I I think I've read, like, 337 to 340, and I just got distracted or something. I don't know. But it some was Muppets were on TV, or you saw some cleavage. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Walter Matthau. Walter Matthau. <laughs> oh, my God. What, what, you ever see the movie? Oh, never mind. Wow. Brad, never mind. I like Walter Matthau. I, I love Walter Matthau Walter. too, Brad. It's just I, I I like that one where he's with Jerry Reed and uh, yeah, and, uh, and Robin Wayne Williams Survivor. Yeah, Survivors. The, the Survivors. That yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, that's a. Really good movie. Anyway, <laughs> you kid, you kids, and your cartoons. We're getting back to it. But go go check these out on Netflix or whatever you got. <laughs> Season two, episode twenty three, Second Chance Hero. Yes, uh, season two, episode twenty three. This one uh, was uh, directed by Tim Maltby and uh, was written by Man of Action and uh, Kevin Burke and Chris Doc Wyatt. Burke and Wyatt actually do a lot of really good cartoon writing. Um, cool. <clears throat> anyway, this one has uh, Nick Fury getting Spider-Man to check up on Norman Osborn, who has supposedly been cured of his goblin goblinous goblin disease. I don't know. personality. Yeah, he's basically been yeah. cured. Norman's okay. not crazy. That's the bottom line, supposedly. All right. Allegedly. <laughs> right. Yes. So um, Spidey's hanging out – well, Spidey. Peter's hanging out with Harry, and they're playing a game against uh, against Norman. It's kind of like chess, but it has fing-fang-foom in it. Um, <laughs> and then Spidey – Kind of like they were playing on Star Wars in the Millennium. Yeah, kind of like that, where they have the holograms yeah. fighting. Yeah. Right, right, right. <clears throat> and so – but it turns out uh, Norm, you know, Spidey keeps watching Norman, and Norman has created a new suit of armor – and is now trying to fight crime as Iron Patriot. <clears throat> he has um, the fantastic, or he has the the frightful four show up, um, kind of nearby where he is, uh, t- by where he lives in his penthouse. Um, 
has them show up so he can subdue them. And then he and Spidey wind up fighting Claw, Wizard, Trapster, and Thundra. The fight scene itself was actually really good. <clears throat> there was a lot of good moments. Uh, Trapster is even made to be kind of sinister here, which is weird. Because remember in the first uh, first yeah, time, kind of yeah, first time you see Trapster, it was like remember it got Nick Fury, uh, or it got Spider Man in trouble with Nick Fury because Trapster had you know bloated up the or glued up, glued up the whole street. Right. <laughs> anyway. He was like, you want to be ultimate Spider-Man? Come with me and join S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, um, they're fighting Claw, Wizard, Trapster, and Thunder. And again, it's a really, really good fight scene. But unfortunately, you got more of the uh, chibi crap with a chibi Iron Patriot trying to explain uh, strategy to a chibi Spidey. And Spidey's chibi head rolls off because, you know, he can't do strategy or something. You know, whatever. Because apparently Spider-Man's just stupid. (laughs) But, um... Norman uses Spidey as bait so he can so he can sucker punch the the frightful four from behind, and he winds up beating them. Um, of course, Spidey takes umbrage to this, and the two of them wind up fighting. And while they're fighting, one of those massive uh, J. Jonah Jameson Daily Bugle you know TV screens um, almost falls onto a crowd. Spidey saves the crowd, and Norman deals with the TV. And then Spidey thinks, well, maybe he is trying to change. Maybe maybe he is you know rehabilitated. Um, and Norman even admits to Spidey that he's the one that hired Dr. Octopus uh, to have the Frightful Four wreak havoc uh, you know, in the past. So Spider-Man now knows where all that was from. Um, so Peter, you know, Peter has one scene where he's talking to Harry about you know, Norman getting a second chance, and then it kind of inspires him. And he goes and he talks to Nick Fury. Nick Fury doesn't buy it for a minute. <clears throat> and he's like, Nick, you know, let's just give him a second chance. He's earned a second chance. You have Peter sticking up for Norman, mostly because Norman has a, hasn't had a chance to murder a girlfriend yet. <laughs> you know, do we, we don't even have Gwen Stacy in this co- or in this story, do we? Oh, I'm sure we will after. <laughs> I'm sure we will next season. Right. We just got Mary Jane. Yeah, uh, just have Mary Jane. That's as it should be. Duck. That that's sorry. I'm just, no. He uh, two girls. That, that. It's Surf City, baby. Two girls. <laughs> two girls. Every and we've lost the audience. All right. <laughs> People just unsubscribe for that one. I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, I thought I was listening to the damn Spider-Man uh, show, not the Walter Matthau Beach Boy Walter show. Matthau. <laughs> In fact, you ought to do that as the as like the little picture to for this episode. What? You know, like the that has the, the odd couple. Over. Yeah, just yeah, just do Walter Matthau. <laughs> just do a picture of Walter Matthau looking tired. Everybody's like, what the hell? You know, in the, in the cover of the uh, Destimus movie, he's reading like the paper. Maybe he could be reading a Spider-Man book or something like that. Something. All right, go ahead. I'm I'm going to I'm going to go Google image search oh Walter Matthau, which I've never done on this computer. Uh, Lord, I <laughs> you know, know I, you know I have. I I'm, I don't want to know what all you Google for at. <laughs> anyway, Spidey agrees to talk with Nick Fury about uh, making amends, or about Fury making, or about uh, pardon me, Norman making amends. Or no, he talked – oh, my God. he Spidey – I'm getting my Normans and my Furies and my Spideys confused. Just like me with, with, uh, the, with the, the Urix. Well, yeah. yeah, yours made more sense at least. Mm-hmm. Spidey goes to Norman and explains that Fury wants him – You know, he wants to meet with him and he wants you know to, to talk about making amends. And Fury's like, yes, I should. I should go talk to Nick Fury because I've done a lot of bad stuff. While they're talking about this, they get jumped by a bunch of Dr. Octopus's goons. And Dr. Octopus shows up as a hologram. Uh, while they are fighting the, the Octo-goons, which makes me think of Octo-mom, which makes me uncomfortable. 
Um, oh, God, I haven't thought yeah, of that. Yeah. And oh. Spidey and Norman beat down the goons, but then discover that they're actually symbiotes. Okay. So they manage to get away from the attack and, and stop the symbiotes, but then Hollow Ock, not Doc Ock, but Hollow Ock because he's a hologram, reveals that Norman uh, was behind the symbiote's creations, and Norman admits to it right there. And, and at this point, Spidey kind of snaps. Because even though Norman's trying to be a good guy now, Spidey's like, you're behind that? Oh, my God, you're like the worst human being ever. <laughs> and um, right as they do that, Harry interrupts. You've got Hologram Ock. You've got Norman and the Iron Patriots who Spider-Man and a bunch of deactivated symbiotes who suddenly snap to life. As soon as Harry starts telling Spider-Man, leave my dad alone. Get out of our lives. Blah, 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 blah. Isn't it obvious? Could I possibly misunderstand this situation more? <clears throat> All right. So Norman tells Spe- uh, Speedy, Spidey. <laughs> What's up, Speedy? <laughs> it's the Speeder Man. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> my voice is about to give out. Can you hear it? Yes. It's okay. We're almost done with this show. All right. Um, anyway, he tells him, you know, get Harry to safety. I'll hold off everyone else in the room. So one of the uh, symbiotes goes after Harry and Spidey while Norman stays back to fight the rest of them. Um, Spidey, at one, at one point, the alligator – the alligator? The elevator cable snaps. <laughs> oh, jeez. And, um, you know, the elevator starts hurling down towards the bottom floor, and Spidey's got the top door open, and he's like, Harry, come on. And Harry's like, no, you go away. You hate my family, blah, blah, blah. They kind of turn Harry into a whiny bitch here. Normally, their, <laughs> their writing for Harry is really good, but this was not good. <clears throat> no. Doesn't sound like it. So, uh, anyway um, – but before they can do that, Norman shows back up and, and, the, and the armor and stops the elevator from falling, and they manage to save Harry. And, it, you know, it, it ends up uh, Fury's accepting Norman, you know, trying to make amends and, and trying to lead a new life. And, you know, Norman tells Harry, hey, you know, Spider-Man's actually been trying to help us all along, so why don't you lose the chip on your shoulder? And, uh, and then it ends, and they're all friends. <laughs> and that's... Nor- Norman's friends? Yeah, Norman's a good guy, at okay. least right now in this one episode. So, and he's actually he's actually feeling sorry for everything he's done, and not in a <laughs> behind the scenes kind of way. He seems legit. That's weird. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, this one gets a B. You had some really good fight scenes, uh, some good moments between Spidey and Norman, or Peter and Norman, but um, just way too much of the cutesy TV crap. Okay. All right. I think that's a wrap, George. Any final thoughts? Was this a good satellite and cartoon episode? The cartoons were bees, weren't they? Uh, yeah, I'm going to sneeze. Bless you. Jeez. <laughs> oh, you, okay, you're officially Jack Lemon. Oh, my God. Seriously, you need to go watch The Odd Couple, people. Classic movie. <laughs> Classic movie. I'm not talking about the TV show. I'm talking about the movie. It's, it's, it's a good month for uh, spider cartoons. It's a good month for spider satellites. It's a bad month for allergies. <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible month for allergies. Nice. Here in the South. Nice. 